Welcome to the Score and I podcast, where we bring you the best Irish league discussion each week. To find out about future shows, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Score NI. Now it's time for this week's program. We have a second special guest on the program. Yeah, you're being well looked after this week. Linda Ferris is in the studio with us. She's an international sports physio, and uh, she's here to tell us all about her career to date. Linda, it's it's lovely having you in with us. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. And in typical Northern Ireland fashion, we've just worked out during those songs that I know your sister. Yes, uh, small world. <laughs> <laughs> How does this happen? What a great place. Um, so for anyone that kind of isn't aware of what you've been up to recently and what you're doing now, kind of bring us up to speed. Yes, uh-huh. well, um, previously I've been working with the Northern Ireland squads there um, and I was um, initially began my career with uh, JD Club NI um, through Darren Murphy there um, and since then it's just been an absolutely amazing journey um, a real roller coaster you know um, with the different teams that have been taken on so I've also worked um, alongside um, all the different age groups in the boys and the girls um, right through to the senior team um, and it's been quite a journey and every age group gives you different challenges um, and certainly while on trip then you've got your uh, obviously you've got a recce the, where you're going to and things like that working very closely with the strength conditioning uh, staff as well then just to make sure that we've got good injury prevention good planning in place you know pre um, competitions and tournaments and things like that um, and really journeying through um, those initiatives together you know with strategies and things like that that we're, we're trained in um, so we've also been working away with Chelsea football there as well um, and it's been phenomenal um, it's a team I would support uh, as well um, real diehard fan um, so um, it's a real dream come true um, working with those guys then and a completely different setup again then mm. where you know here I know they've now transformed um, the, the academy here um, and it's like a live-in sort of setup that's got going on um, and there in Chelsea we were living in digs as well um, which was which was nice then because everyone's on camp and, and things like that um, through the different um, obviously preparations for different um, challenges and things um, and also um, getting out to present at Barcelona and two of our um, elite international players um which was a phenomenal experience. Um, so getting down to the top 10 in the world um, for physiotherapists. Um, and then you're going up in competition in the new camp, which was always a treat. Um, and really going for gold there and really arguing your case and your point then of through your presentation, obviously, in that type of setup and just showing your objective measures, you know, um, how did you come about this player's injury? Um, and then just really going through how you can objectify um, and using the training and skills that we have then as specialists in our field. Um, um, to then assess and diagnose players um, and then obviously go through treatment protocols with those guys and then at the conferences themselves then it was about uh, really displaying how we are a different setup here in Northern Ireland especially compared to the likes of um, our our competition then in England and things like that as well um, and certainly across the board then you can see the resources and, mm-hmm. and just the differences across you know the field um, of sports medicine as well um, so I mean yeah so even having the doctor on site when we're in Chelsea and um, having to have him come down you know on his wee buggy you know for certain injuries and things like that just to transport players out and, and, and even that type of stuff you know it is another level altogether but it is something that you know 
here in Northern Ireland we're striving to get yeah. more and more players across the water and everything um, but I would come in as a support then in the back room um, you know obviously for the players if they're breaking down through training and um, they're just not used to it or they're being over trained and certainly over playing as well because um, obviously with key players you've just got to keep an eye on their load um, and really educating them about that um, and obviously because ma- this is a massive this is a massive area in sport that only now sort of the general public are becoming aware of. Obviously, throughout the years, this has been going on. And that's why the more research there is, the more professionals and highly skilled people working alongside clubs, we can start to understand better injuries, the the workload on players. And that is why now people are saying, can we have this amount of games? Can they play this many minutes? Let's start using companies like Statsports and others to track the the data on the players and go, well, hold on, look at how much they're perspiring, look at their heart rate, can we start to figure out these are the preventative measures and put them in place before an injury happens, which is why probably people in your profession, far more educated in this subject field than I am, uh, would be tearing your hair out when you read comments on Facebook going, well, in my day, we played 60 games and it was absolutely fine and there was nothing wrong with any of us. And you're kind of going, well, yes, but this is a very different time and there are different strains and stresses on players. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's a lot faster now, the game. And it's not about hoofing the ball up the pitch like old school Irish league football. Uh, so they'd rather get the ball down and play more, you know, and be a lot more tactical. And uh, yeah, definitely now with the different surfaces, there's a new study out um, in the BJSM Um about the traction, the footwear actually on the pitches and things as well and how that actually contributes to increasing um, the likelihood of injury um, and even all those all those little subjects coming into play. Um, so we are really trying to educate as best we can, you know, in and around those different areas where we can help prevent injury occurring. Um, so we really do have a plug and play generation now. So we'll plug them in and they will play. Um, <laughs> so it's um, something that we are really delving into especially in my role and just so I can see you know obviously pre-injury you know what were their stats beforehand so this is where myself and the strength condition really get to work out between us then the management and and, you know the returns so um, we'll get them to a certain point with the physio and then it's more inter um, disciplinary I know that everyone's like multidisciplinary but definitely in the sports medicine field we have to really um, amalgamate all of our efforts together um, just to really make sure it's a really smooth transition from injury coming through their journey and you know obviously return to play which we are managing very closely mm-hmm. monitoring and definitely looking at the objective measures like you say you know with the GPS tracking systems and, and the overload and the respiratory rates and things like that you know obviously depending on the actual injury that they have how severe is the injury where on the body is the injury how did it come about you know because all those are little clues as to what we're actually diagnosing and, and how then we will treat that as well. You know, even initially in the initial stages, do we need further investigations then? Are we sending these on off up the road to, to get the x-rays or the scans, you know, and what that might be and what that may entail then, you know, for further and a continuing rehabilitation for said players? Because the pressure at elite level for someone in your position is phenomenal because obviously identifying an injury early um Everyone thinks that's exactly what you want to do, but it may be the last thing a club wants in some cases where they're going, can we not just give them some sort of painkiller? We need this player. Mm-hmm. And that's when... And the area I always find interesting is actually the the moral side of it because you've got the science and the science is concrete and there's your data and you know what needs to be done. And then you've maybe the strain of someone very senior going, well... Could we not wait four weeks because it's a busy month for my club? And I'm not speaking about Chelsea here in case anyone's trying to join Dots and think I'm being very clever. 
it must happen in sport. And, and how do you, in your profession, manage to, to kind of keep all those balls in the air, I guess? Yeah, so it's it's managing expectations then and being very realistic. So I have a duty of care to uh, obviously look after the players' physical, mental and social well-being too. So even that um, being a buffer between player and managers and coaches and things, you know, and just educating everybody across the field. So yes, it happens. Um, and this is when you say, right, actually, this is where we need to take a step back. We need to be realistic here. The player's injured. Um, and if we actually play that player, we play him now, then what you're going to have is... Uh, an injury on top of a previous injury, um, which then elongates the actual rehabilitation time. So that key player is going to be out for even longer again. Mm -hmm. So our duty of care then is to educate the people within the team um, and just make them aware that yes this is going to take time but this is the stage that this player is at um, and this is the healing process and you know we we need to respect that as well because we are I suppose um, how I would handle that pressure is literally just keeping you know open communications with everybody and making sure then that the people who need to know obviously bound by confidentiality you know those people in the know then or those people in the know will have conversations then before it would go out to media um, especially with certain teams you know where they would have those discussions then before anything's released and, mm-hmm. and discussed you know because then that adds extra pressure as well um, and I have seen entry lists creeping up and you know certainly recently um so then it is managing those expectations and then knowing myself, you know, I'm a fr- professional, so I have this duty of care that I'm bound by to, to really take care and look after my players and make sure that, yes, um, you know, it's that availability can impact the results of the team, but they have other players to choose from as well. So, you know, having those conversations and certainly the managers, I have been very lucky to work with such professional, uh, really dedicated, passionate staff who really do take care of their players and really do take on board what the backroom staff do say, which has been phenomenal you know having that experience and 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 at that level of expertise then because they know themselves as well a lot of the majority are all ex-players too and Mm -hmm. they've you know they've had to you know live it breathe it sleep it and then they've come out the other side and they've been worse after playing an injury and things we've had discussions you know off duty and things like that you know and they're telling you about different things so there was this one time i played and oh you know things went by the wayside you know and it got a lot worse um so even that in themselves you know they take on board so we do um, respect the healing process and obviously from phys- physiological point of view especially in my duty then that's something we really do push and we really do encourage that um, we educate our players quite well to, to the point where they understand what they're doing and they're not walking away going what she just say you know it's in their terms and um, um, different things that I would maybe say and they'd say what you know what what do you mean by that you know and and I do have a great relationship with all the players that I would work with um and they know they can just come down and have a chat you know if we're in training or things like that um and you know it's I think it is that openness and that just key you know at the end of the day we want to win mm-hmm. um and we want to have the best team as we can as possible on the pitch but within realistic um you know parameters where we're not going to push them into a further injury or make anything worse you know and, and really that. Yeah, and it's a profession as well where you never stop really being a student of your own profession because there's always advancements and things changing. So it must consume an awful lot of your time. You've your official work hours yeah. and then you've all the rest of it where you're you're having to read journals mm-hmm. and all the new publications and going, OK, well, this is a protocol change. OK, well, we're doing this now. Or they're thinking about implementing this here. Do we need that? 
Yeah, well, absolutely, all the time, yeah, as you say. It's such fast pace. So, I mean, it's definitely something I was discussing the other day. Um, I was even uploading things about uh, John Terry and his quotes about, you know, always asking questions after training and things. Um, and you are always learning. It's so true. Um, and even off players themselves, you know, and getting to know your players individually too. Um, so you need to keep on top of your continual professional development, um, be it, you know, in, in house kind of workshops or even going external then um, and kind of going through stat sports and things like that um, you know and you're always seeking to have that extra information so I know sometimes there was in different clubs I was at um, in different teams some of the information was almost being skewed because of the understanding so then I've taken myself off and got myself um, brushed up on a lot of the GPS tracking systems and you know, the online analysis and things like that, which has been brilliant, you know, so even match reports and things, you know, I've even been brushing up and practising them myself as well as obviously my own physiotherapy stuff, just so I've understand then of what an analysis is saying and, and different things. Um, so it's something else, you know, to add then to your tool box, you know. Um, so the, the individuality, sorry to over mm-hmm. talk you there, the individuality of it all is what fascinates me, mm-hmm. you know, because... We are all, I'm sure, guilty football fans of watching and going, why is he not doing this and he is? Or why is she not doing that and she can? And it's because literally the different stresses on your body, you're you're not a mirror image of the next person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And you'll find that. Um, and different, you know, the mental health side of that as well, you know, especially the longer term injuries, then it's really supporting that, that player and, and getting the best support you can in with the team too. Um, and certainly with, um, you know, yeah, certain players will maybe take a little bit longer than others. And it's literally because maybe this could be a secondary injury. This could be an injury, you know, chronic ongoing issue um, mm. where it's not necessarily going to be right yeah okay yeah away you go we'll get you back in two weeks and you know sometimes then you've got to think about the scar tissue and and other things has there been previous you know fractures there before or something or is there something just hesitant in their mind you know so we do have to seriously consider our approaches per player which is so true for you know because obviously different players have different mentalities as well yeah. and different support and different access to different resources I've certainly noticed that across the, the realms of the teams because that must be where it's really hard if it's with a younger age group or if it's with a club with fewer resources and ultimately it'll come down to how much money they have you know if you're at Chelsea you're going to have more if you're an Irish league club you know, it's going to be a lot harder for someone objectively looking at that and knowing the history of a player's injuries because you can't always trust the patient, can you? Well, this is it. You know, you, you do rely on them being as trustworthy as, you know, and honest um, as can be, but some players will. Because I know I always, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. You're yeah, like, uh-huh. until you see them try and run and you're like, that's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah, so it's just asking them to be realistic, you know, and, and try to be honest with you. So you do catch players out and you have to reel them in and you do, they're so competitive competitive especially at this level and yeah it's that education side of it then it's like right let's have a look but you do have your special tests to do and you do run through a return to sport so mm. you, you can see it yourself in the return to sport if they're breaking down and they're only doing like a tea run or something you know and you're just going mm, maybe not not quite there yet you know and and you have those discussions um and you'll you know certainly because myself and the snc the string conditioning sorry um will you know be there to, to kind of observe and watch and things and um even i'll have my return to sport and they'll have their return to sport so um yeah and some yeah then you have that decision to make and you're just no, maybe not quite now, you know. Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles, you know. It's just it's just one of those things, especially, you know, for the likes of hamstring injuries and it's repetitive and you're kind of looking at it going, right, what, what's happening here that's not quite right? Um, I went to Barcelona, it was one of the guys that I actually presented on, um, 
he had um, a recurring hamstring in issue and it wasn't until he got to the under 18s and played for the under 18s then I had him put with him um, and uh, very interesting case but then it did you know he was returned by his club um, and then he ended up having a serious injury because of that premature return to play but I can totally understand you know um, they were getting pressured um, you know for that player to be back and to be fit and everything um, and um, got the phone call the dreaded phone call <laughs> yeah that it had been um a serious injury then that had occurred due to the premature return to play so even that you know having that as an example um to use is is highly you know beneficial for for certainly the younger players coming through and you know it is then just educating the players because you don't want them to be fearful either mm-hmm. you know there is that you know give and take um so you can a lot of people will say oh but it's over treatment and things too so then you've got to actually just step back and say what's right for this player and it's that individuality as you were discussing before where we really do strive to to reach out to that individual so we see the player first you know you'll see them as a person first and then the player you know certainly in my realms and then when we get them out in the pitch then it's all about the performance and it's about performance enhancement and making sure they are at that stage and that level because the next thing you don't want to see them returning not being able to keep up with somebody overstriding and then you know resulting in another hamstring injury or something so Speaking from a layman's term here obviously I appreciate under confidentiality you can't discuss individual cases which is absolutely fine but you must have worked with quite a few big names over the course of time that being the case is not you know all of a sudden you're, you're faced with a world a world renowned player such as that put any extra pressure on you? Certainly you've got a lot more people looking at you and looking for answers um, so you do need to consider again yeah you've got your own objective values and things like that you do find that um, you're a little bit more you're certainly yeah feeling the pressure um, for sure um, and then it's just about you as a professional then how you coping with that um, and just having that self-reflection right okay this is going well you know and then just saying right how am I coping this pressure um, and then taking strides forward with the player and just saying right this is where we're at this is where we're going and having a plan in place to say these are our goals are we meeting these milestones and these goals so then you've not just made it you know clear for yourself and the player but the managers and the coaches as well because they're looking they're constantly looking answers on a daily basis you know how they're getting on and you'll have those meetings the team meetings and everything um as well you know just your um injury meetings and things like that um but that actual moment when you realize you're going to be treating player a who's a a well-known player if that makes sense you know things you Wow, how have I ever got to this level? <laughs> Always, yeah, real, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Imposter syndrome, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would get that quite a bit. Um, so, um, yeah, you do kind of have this whoa kind of moment yeah. and you're just like stand there. But you've, I mean, it kind of goes by the wayside because you're like, right, this is a player I need to get, you know, you've got to do your job like mm-hmm, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, and that their job is to play football and it, it's saying right wow what an achievement to get here and you know potentially this is going to make or break a team here you know we need to get this player fit and get them back so and there must be a certain sense of pride when you see that player back on the pitch and absolutely okay yeah. and then i would go through the motions as well pre-match so um on doing the warm-ups and things like that and and you kind of do you have this overwhelming flush of excitement for them as well because they're returning to play and and that's where they're want to work their magic and that's where they work best and having haven't had input with that and yeah yeah you are very proud and and you're proud for them too because it's it's something you've achieved together and and when they're back and you know you always get we text it you know we thank you here and and what have you and 
people always getting in touch constantly from different teams you know what about this and what about you know it's great to have people come to you because they trust you and you know having that input as well then you know you're, it's amazing to have that and just yeah. to be considered in, in those realms as well and just think wow like this has just been such a journey so far you know and um, things are starting to heat up this year as well for for further progressions that's going to be happening too so it's it's all really good foundations for moving you know further field and but coming home as well because like there's no prouder moment than pulling on your own national badge mm. <laughs> to go to work um and i think that's an amazing um feeling too you know when everyone we are a proud gawa family and and you know it is a football family and you really do get to, to know your co-workers and and your players as well and it, it's super to see them doing so so well you know and really getting out there and performing and everything so um you know it is such a proud moment yeah definitely it's something that you do reflect on and, and you, have a, you have a big few months coming up i understand as well yes for sure uh yeah so um yeah, well, the next couple of weeks we'll be in living in Qatar. <laughs> um, so, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, similar yeah. temperature to here, probably. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just uh, waiting the visa, um, and then I'm away. Um, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Richard Morrow, a good friend, has been um, keep me up to speed with everything happening in Qatar. Um, and he's yeah, he's very excited. Um, um, yeah, so the World Cup's obviously coming over and. Um, we do a lot of Euro training for, for the summer as well. Um, so we've been pulled in to cover the finals um, that's happening in London in the summer. Um, so, yeah, but all the training's been online, luckily, um, for that, um, which has been absolutely su- like super, you know, so the 60th anniversary coming up and, you know, having everything, you know, it's going to be an amazing experience, um, not just to work at it, but obviously the people that are attending too. So um, I think it's just, it's just still, mm-hmm. I'm still in a bit of... Yeah, in the was this was this the career goal when you started off in this career path, or is this just sort of gradually developed into this and turned to the sports side of things? No, I've always wanted to be involved in sport in one way or another. Absolutely, um, being heavily involved in sport since I was young, um, and myself, you know, I played football when I was a lot younger, but not anywhere near this level. Um, but um, who did you play for? Uh, no, I didn't even play properly oh, right. for okay. just school. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, so just played for skill in the British Legion. Um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was all good. Um, um, but yeah, so I think that yeah, it's all kind of Snowball. really taken off. Yeah. yeah, it's just I think I've been in the right place at the right time. So to work with the senior women's squad was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I was literally it was in the right place at the right time. Bumped in Delphi Wiley. Um, and I uh, got chatting and he was discussing what I was doing and, and it was super and I was like great you, you know when you recognise someone in the corridor you're like here yeah. <laughs> um, so it was great <laughs> to get down and get a good chat with him um, and, and actually get input with that squad was a, an amazing yeah. experience and working th- with their academy with their staff and their teams as well um, so I've been very lucky to work in the, the boys and the girls um, and both sides you know kind of both realms of, of football which is amazing because then they even present different injuries and in, in obviously different genders too so um, that's been great <laughs> um, but certainly I didn't think I'd get to this level or anywhere near this level um, but it's been non-stop and just taking every opportunity as it comes and you know it's being fearless and you know knowing where you want to be so I think yeah. even getting to the Euros you know um, it's going to be so much fun to actually get that you know under my belt and, and have that experience as well because um it's a completely it's going to be a bit different because I'll be there from the facility point of view rather than the actually with the team you know so um 
in a rapid response kind of thing. So um, kind of more paramedic-y almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, and then obviously Qatar then, so that's all getting set up. Um, and hopefully if he's a come through any day now, so um, be away and yeah, living it up in the sunshine, hopefully. Wow, I mean, really, really exciting times. Um, is it is this pinch yourself time now? I mean, are you have you absorbed this? I feel like you're still kind of going. This is all about to happen. You're kind of like it's like <laughs> the you know it's like Christmas Eve almost. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly how it feels. Yeah, you're. It's almost like an out of body experience. I think is the best way to put it. Um, but the excitement levels are really high. Um, I know a lot of people um, that do know me have even commented. You know, I'm a lot happier than usual. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. Um, yeah, but it it is a pinch yourself moment for sure. Um, and just yeah, you're just kind of this is great. Just keep going while the going's good. You know, mm. um, and just keep rolling with the punches and take it as it comes. You know, and it is so exciting. It's something I absolutely live sleep and dream about you know so and it really suits me down to the ground so I could not see myself in any other role as well um people have said to me be careful for that you know but and I do dabble in other sports too so um but football is like my bread and butter really you know yeah. um but like yeah it's just got me to where I am now which is super how long has this journey been you know if you think back to when you decided I'm going to do this and you obviously start getting your qualifications and, and go through all your studies I mean how long has it been to get you to this point which is you know, as you say, this is this is where you want to be. Yes, for sure. Um, so uh, five different degrees. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, so we kind of started from. Um, Good thing I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone would even take my one degree seriously. What's, what's a degree? <laughs> Tell me what a degree five. is. I'm just going in the corner of the room with a dunce's hat here. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, well, I think it all started with. Um, well, it kind of really stemmed from a netball, really, um, and that was primary school, but um, that's where my, my dreams were really set in stone, you know, I wanted, it had to be sport, it wasn't for anything else, I've always been a hyper kid, um, a hard to sit down sort of person, <laughs> um, and just wanted to get, really get stuck in, you know, um, and make the best out of it, really, um, so Bangor's quite a small wee town, I just thought there's more to life than Bangor, you know, <laughs> get out of here, um, so sports really opened my world, and, and definitely with netball, I was travelling about quite a bit, um, so from that then went in, you know, obviously through school, um, came out into um, Bangor Cirque um, and through there went and did sport exercise and science. Um, and from that then, it was just kind of amalgamation of all these other degrees, but went into physiotherapy in 2013. Um, and then in 2016, went and done a master's in sports medicine. Um, so it was super um, in Jordanstown. Um, and, you know, even listen to the the guys that teach in the courses there and you're like wow you know and you're sitting the these people are you know the cream of the you know they're top of the bunch like so yeah. um yeah so I suppose like um having those guys around you you know that's really inspiring and I really took that on board of what they could do you know with hard work um and just you know smart work as well so um really going for gold so I suppose you know yeah it's been a good a lot of years but because yeah. I mean you know you look at it and obviously you can say it's quite a you can look at it two ways you can go there's a lot of years put into that because obviously clearly there have been but the other way is uh, looking at it and going well actually see when you consider that amount of time it's a very quick progression which is testament to your work as well mm -hmm. you know when you think of what the last six or seven years have probably been the last two or three whirlwind, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. But but to, to get that progression and get it so steeply shows how well things have gone. I imagine when you were sitting in a course in Cirque and Bangor, you probably weren't thinking, within a decade, you know, Euros, World Cups, these are things I'll do. 
<laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, you're so right. Um, but now that I'm here, I'm like, wow, okay. But, you know, it's all it's all come to this. So having that input from Daffy with the sport exercise sense and having that gym expertise then. So because mm. um, I went and worked in fitness first there in Bangor um, when it was still open um, uh, for that year and having that experience in and around the gym as well, especially for my physiotherapy. You know, I do think there's a... Uh, space for a module in strength and condition in a physio degree, you know, or certainly some type of gym, you know, basic level there, um, because it, it brought me on leaps and bounds, and I've been able to really overstep a lot of things where I've been like, no, actually, I know what I'm doing here, you know, I can get on with this, you know, and, and I think even, you know, that then and having that experience and that knowledge, that really helped the managers then trust me more with the players and things, and I think having that as well with the managers, that really open relationship, and they can tell you, you know, what they're expecting of you and you're like right yeah I know what I'm doing I've done this this and this and they're like right great okay she knows what she's doing you know and <laughs> just having that yeah go for it you know and having mm-hmm. the initiative to go and just you know crack on you know it's it's super is it daunting um working you know especially in, we're going back to sort of earlier days is it daunting coming into a club and you know male dominated environments and coming in as a as someone who's qualified in the area and saying actually just just put your trust in me here you know is that is that was that a challenge or are, are clubs generally very very good because I'm just thinking of you being the, the sole girl on the team. Is that a weird thing at first or is that not a problem? It, no, I've been really lucky. Um, to be fair, and people have heard, um, you know, have had input, you know, with other teams and the, the players would talk and everything. So um, they'd be like, you know, they, they kind of trust me because they've heard me stories and things mm. like that, you know. And I think that, yeah, th- I mean, I've never had an issue, um, not personally. Um, yeah, which has been super, really speaks volumes. Um, and nor should you, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, they've been professionals, you know. Um, so, I, I generally haven't had an issue. And, you know, I've covered, I've went out and I covered Lauren for a couple of matches. Um, you know, and I've covered other teams in rugby and Gaelic as well, you know. Yeah. And, and no, I've been very well welcomed into the team. And, right, she's, she knows what she's doing. She's an expert. She's experienced. And she knows what she's talking about here. So, and they'll just let you crack on and you just start strapping people up. What's your name? You know, and you'll do your quick bits and all that there. And Because I think it's always such a good message to reinforce because there'll be parents that listen. And, you know, if you're bringing up a young girl and you're thinking, I don't know about her going into a sport where she's going to have to work with so many fellas in a sporting environment. Is it going to be tough for her? Is it going to be? Are there barriers there? But but clearly you're an example of someone that's come through it. And I mean, we, we spoke about Lynn Carpenter, you know, at Glenavon in the, in the previous hour as well. Another example of someone who's doing fantastic work. And that's the sort of thing I think we need to keep hearing those messages so other girls can feel that that pathway is there for them as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally second that 100%. Um, and I do feel that, you know, it's not how it used to be. I mean, everyone's progressed. Everyone knows, OK, right, they've got the training, you know, they know what they're doing. You know, we're not... Yeah, full stop. Yeah, full stop. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, the managers and coaches have been super with me and it, it's all about respect and the players are very, very respectful. And the room, I mean, you have your banter and everything. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> uh, we get to the end. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I've never had that experience where I've been like, whoa, OK, I feel like, you know, I've been singled out because of my gender or anything like that. It's never, ever been the case ever anywhere I've been. Um, and I think it's just, you know, my attitude as well. I'm just like, right, let, hurry up. Let's do, you know, let's do this. Yeah. You know, um, I just want to get things done you know um so i think you know it's just your attitude as well i mean if you go in with a chip on your shoulder they're gonna probably stand offish with you as well yeah. you know but i just kind of want to get in there get to meet everybody see what everyone's doing previous injuries yeah what have you okay what are we doing um you know so i mean i suppose it's totally up to your attitude and how you receive it and how they receive you and just making sure that they know you know you're there to do a job mm. and you know get to know people and, and things as well you know and 
you know, I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and people, yeah, generally have never had issues. So I hope, yeah, parents listening that, you know, they do see that and hear that it's a brilliant place to be and it's absolutely super. And, you know, if you're going to put the hours in and you're going to put the work in, you know, you'll thrive from it and people will talk about you and they'll say, yeah, doing brilliant. You know, didn't even need to ask. You know, we had it done and all, you know. And that, that's what it's about. You know, it's just mucking in and helping out and it's not just the one man band sort of way as well so you know we do help each other out too and it's you know it hasn't just been me you know I've had amazing support and I still do and you know I continue to have that support from from all the managers I've worked with and and certainly the the other staff as well you know and it's just phenomenal to say great crack on you know (laughs) and like we're always texting each other and you're never I mean you might be in a completely different continent and I'm, st- you know, you'd still be texting each other, or whatever. So it's it's always you're always in touch with each other and everything like that. And you know, it's it's great to keep up to speed with what's happening. And you know, dropping in for, I mean, I'll get phone calls all the time to say, will you come down and do a wee workshop or will you do a presentation on, you know, the likes of recovery and different things like that just mm-hmm. to help the players along and and to really help them self-manage there's so much going on self-management now as well so like the players are coming through with a lot more professionalism as well you know and there is that education so it's super to have that and just say right okay there's someone at the front of the room and they'll not you know it's it's they'll, they'll just pay attention and take him because it's going to benefit them as well and I think that's what was mm-hmm. lacking so many years ago as well and you hear about these different injuries coming mm-hmm. through and certainly with the retired players you know and, and chatting with those guys about different things and they're talking about leg length discrepancies because of cartilage missing and, and different things like that mm-hmm. you know when they're creaky and you know and it, it's great to have those chats because you're like wow okay so this is what we're trying to avoid you know <laughs> so when players retire you know they can continue doing and enjoying life you know as well you know so um, you know it's all those little bits hopefully help in the long run too you know that help prevent anything further and you know yeah and I think that's what it's about isn't it it's really cracking on making sure you try and keep your injury your injured players mm-hmm. um, as best managed as you can of things too so um this is good. We've done so many smart questions, right? Okay. Wait for this, right? Here comes a stupid one. Do you ever, do you ever, because people must think this, right? I, I think this sometimes when I'm watching. Do you ever get a wee bit scundered running onto the pitch? <laughs> like, you know, is everything stopped and everyone's going, boo, get off, he's not even hurt. And you're like, better run quickly so he doesn't think I'm wasting time as well. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going on to do a job and you always have that too. Especially depending on who you're playing. Um, uh, you know, what the, what the level of match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the royal wave as you yeah, go. So. Um, Ma- it'll be a magic sponge, don't worry. Yeah. Set back down. <laughs> so yeah, it's something I was presenting on at St George's Park uh, was the magic sponge and stuff. Um, it's just, if we can get people to believe in this, you know, <laughs> for so many years, I mean, it can't be that hard to get them to believe in actual real stuff. So um, with with a lot of sense behind it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you do sometimes, you know, because you'll get some crude remarks, you know, running on. And that's not just because I'm a female or nothing, because it's not nothing to do with being a female or anything like that. You know, it's just proper because you're on the opposition team running yeah. on and they think it's all time play and stuff. So, uh, no, you do. Uh, you kind of just take it in your stride and it's part of the game. You know, that's, that's what I love about it. It's the nature of the game and you yeah. just you just take it as you go because you get it everywhere you know so it doesn't you know it's just one of those things where you have a bit of a giggle about it after and, that's that's yeah. the next step in time wasting actually you know the Everton had that sub the other week that was going to come on he forgot a sock did you see that he had a shoe on he forgot one of the socks <laughs> so that's the the physio's running on oh shoelaces yeah <laughs> well done oh, book, what are you going to do book my physio <laughs> <laughs> suspend it for next week I'll, I'll fix them from the car park 
uh, amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's such a it's such a phenomenal field. We could we could go into it at such depth, and we we just don't have time today. But I really appreciate your time and coming in and telling us a bit more about what you're doing in a very busy period of your life as well. By the sounds of it, yeah, for sure, <laughs> nonstop. Well, I know you've got all your your homework done for the big move, and we wish you all the very best of luck with it. Have an amazing Euros and. Well, the next few years, we're going to be following following your progress as well. Um, you're on social media. I don't know if you want to give any of your platforms a plug for anyone that's kind of following what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Linda Weefit um, <laughs> on Twitter there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just join on, join into Twitter. And have, there's a lot of injury information on there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just crack on and. Yeah, I'll be keeping everybody up to speed. I'll be doing a vlog as well when I'm in guitar. Haven't got it just set up yet. Um, but yeah, for just everybody who wants to keep up to date with things, all guitar and everything. So. Well, there you go. You've a, you've a couple of subscribers right away there. <laughs> so fantastic. Uh, Linda Ferris, thanks so much for coming on to the programme. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Score NI podcast with me, Michael Clark. We're back live with the whole show on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM on Friday from 1pm. Or you can subscribe to our podcast today to listen back to the first hour each week at your convenience. And in the meantime, keep in touch via our Facebook and Twitter feeds. We hope you can join us for the next episode.